0: Last month, I was helping out with the youth group and their Christ Power Service Retreat. And during one of the days of the week, I went out with the kids to a service site. And after working about six hours in 97 degree weather outside, I was a little tired. So when I got into the rental van to take the kids back, I sort of fumbled around a little bit trying to release the parking brake. I pulled a couple levers, hit a couple pedals, until I finally released it and we were on our way. And As I was accelerating onto the page extension from Highway 94, we heard a little rattle throughout the car, and we were a little perplexed by it. Till so I looked forward and realized the hood of the car was slightly vibrating a bit, and I realized, oh, I popped the hood when I got into the car. Not an ideal thing to learn when you're driving 60 miles an hour. But we eventually pulled off on the side of the road and it took us about a minute or so to find that little latch to open up the hood and close it up again. So we got back into the car, and as I looked in front of me, I saw a figure in what appeared to be a black dress sprinting at us down the side of the highway. It was obviously a little bit of a perplexing thing to see, until this figure got closer and I realized, oh, it's Father Gerber in his cassock running down the side of the highway to help us. And needless to say, I understood a little bit this parable of the Good Samaritan a little bit more after that. But I don't think we need to be stranded on the side of the road and have Father Gerber and his cassock come and save us to understand this passage, because every one of us already does. How so? Let's unpack this gospel a little bit. A man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell victim to robbers. That's us. We have fallen from the heights of heavenly Jerusalem to the harsh reality of sin. And we've been stripped of our immortality by Satan and his fallen angels, and beaten by the consequences of our actions, and left half dead. And let's not be naïve, none of us is exempt from this. Every one of us are fallen creatures, and we aren't perfect. But thanks be to God for Jesus Christ who saves us out of no obligation on his part, just like the good Samaritan in the gospel today. He bandages our wounds and heals us with oil and wine. It's an analogy for baptism and the Eucharist, the sacraments. He heals us with the sacraments, one of which we will soon partake. And after he's healed us, he takes us to an inn, or more specifically, the church and its innkeeper, St. Peter, to care for us until he comes again, and he even pays the price for our stay. Christ is our good Samaritan. He helps us out of no obligation on his part when no one else would. And he cares for us out of his own generosity and spends himself for our salvation. That's the single greatest gift that any one of us can receive. If anything, it gives us a new lease on life. But the story really doesn't end there. Because I've often wondered, what happened to that man who was left for dead after he had been healed? What was the rest of his life like? Was his life changed? And if it really wasn't changed, if he didn't change his life after being saved by this good Samaritan, then really, what good was it? What good was that experience? And I think that's a question all of us can ask as well. How do we respond to such a tremendous gift of being saved? Because really, if we only seek to do the minimum in our Catholic faith, if it's characterized by apathy or indifference to the many gifts that we've been given from Christ, what good Was his work for us? Is that a life that's worthy of the gifts we've been given? I don't think so. So what should we do? Well, we have the answer in our opening collect today, the opening prayer, where we ask God to give us the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the gospel, to eliminate those things in our lives that don't correspond to Christ, so that we don't fall into sin and end up beaten and left half-dead on the side of the road by Satan. We're called to live lives that repay our Lord for the new lease on life that we've been given. Not by doing the minimum, but by striving for greatness. Maybe a more vivid example of this comes from the ending of one of my favorite movies, Saving Private Ryan. I won't spoil the ending for those of you who haven't seen it. But there's an old man weeping at the grave of one of the men who helped save his life. And he says, I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that in your eyes, I've earned what you've done for me. That doesn't sound like someone doing the minimum, who's indifferent, who's just checking off boxes in his life. That sounds like someone who strived every day for the greatness that he saw in the people that saved him. And that's the same zeal that we're called to. We're called not to give the minimum to the God who saved us, but to strive for excellence as worthy sons and daughters of God. And what if maybe we could say those same words that that man said in the movie every time we came in here to church? Lord, I've tried to live my life the best I could, I hope that in your eyes, I've earned what you've done for me." What if we could say those words every time we come into church as a prayer to God, asking to give us the grace to live a life of gratitude for the gifts that we've been given by Christ, the Good Samaritan. That's our calling. That's what we're called to do with this new lease on life that we've been given. So let us pray today for the gift of gratitude for Christ, our Good Samaritan for everything he has done for us, and that we can respond with lives worthy of the gifts we have received.